Welcome to the Fighting for Joy podcast. I'm your host, Jody Blick. And once again today, my husband Eric is here with me. And today we're going to talk through one of our favorite topics. It's definitely something that we have spent countless hours talking through together, and that is the topic of parenting and fighting for joy in the midst of all that having kids brings with it. I don't think there are too many areas in life that can give us joy and steal our joy all at the same time like parenting does. It definitely brings joy and excitement, but it can also feel thankless and discouraging and even hopeless at times. Now we are still actively parenting. We have Grace still here at home. She's a senior, but for Turner in college and for sure with Justine as a newlywed, our role in their lives is more along the lines of coaching and supporting and encouraging. So I kind of feel like we're at a stage where we could offer some thoughts and ideas about parenting. Um, But as with basically all the topics we talk about, we aren't coming at this as experts. We have not done everything perfectly, and there are things that I wish I would have done differently as a mom, but we have found joy in the midst of all of it and have loved being parents and now feel called to keep encouraging others in this role as well. So, hi, Eric. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited about this. And as we get started, I was kind of thinking that we should almost think of our conversation in two parts, and that is... One, parenting younger children, and two, parenting older children slash young adults, because there is a huge difference in what parenting looks like in different seasons. Would you agree? (laughs) I would totally agree. In fact, in your opening comments, uh, we did have a really good book that we were ready to publish uh, right before we had kids. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we told that story on here a couple times that, Mm -hmm. man, we just, we uh, we, were so excited to be parents, and we... uh, had it all figured out before we had any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And uh, we have lived and learned. <laughs> we have indeed. Well, let's start with you, Eric. Um, in each of those seasons of parenting, um, what tended to or now tends to steal your joy? In other words, where did you have to fight for joy when the kids were little? And where do you have to fight for joy in parenting them now as young adults? Yeah, I think that when the kids were little... It was a fight for joy to look at our calendar and to protect you and to protect the kids. Um, I think that was where I spent a lot of time, energy, and effort was when I felt like things were starting to go go off the rails and I felt like things were very difficult for us. It oftentimes was connected with um, the calendar just Mm. being too busy. Um, And so... Um, fighting for joy in, um, in areas of, am I doing enough? Am I enough? Am I doing enough to be enough? I mean, all those things, the lies that we can have come into our head, mm-hmm. I think was, was particularly prevalent when the kids were early and young. Yeah. I think for me, when the kids were little, and it kind of goes along with that is just, I was so tired. I mean, we were <laughs> lacking sleep. Um, lacking knowledge just about parenting babies and toddlers. I mean, everything was new. And honestly, marriage was still new to us as well. I think some of our most difficult years of marriage when were when the kids were small, when we were trying to figure it all out, how to communicate, how to compromise, how to talk through things. There was just a lot to figure out. Um, and, you know, you were starting and building your career and changing careers. And we were living in a 
different part of the country away from family. And so the first few years of parenting were so, so fun and special. And also when I think about, you know, the times that I was lacking joy, it was usually because I was physically exhausted. Yeah. And I just didn't even know how to ask for help from you because I hadn't even figured out what was helpful. Um, I mean, I was young in my mid-20s when we started having kids, and I was still trying to figure myself out. And my hormones were out of whack, and we had a miscarriage mixed in there, too. Um, I think about how strong-willed Jackson was. Um, And then, you know, we had decided on a bigger family. So just navigating four little kids, four unique kids with individual needs and personalities, uh, definitely at time felt exhaust, exhausting. And, and so that exhaustion and lack of sleep and energy uh, could and did at times steal my joy. Yeah. And there's ways in which I certainly was not helpful. And the calendar got even more busy during those times that we were already stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you want to do the good things. You want to be at the kids every event. Um, but four kids in school um, of some sort mm-hmm. is a lot of activity on the calendar if you're not careful about everything else as well. And and I, I do think that was an area to fight fight for joy. I think as the kids got older, I think I think the hardest part about when they were getting older was is this just kind of the typical teenage years of wrestling through things or is this grief? Mm. How does that fit in? Um, is it both? Is it neither? Is it 20% grief of losing their older brother? Is it uh, 80% right now of just what happened at school? Mm-hmm. I think those were I think those were some of the hardest waters to kind of get through. And I like to talk about everything. And it's that balance then if you talk to your kid about everything, you do run the risk of blowing them up and mm-hmm. blowing the and and blowing up the bridges to be able to talk with them. And so it's that really hard balance of, man, I want to keep the door open for you. I know that you're going through a, a rough time. I want to talk about it. I know you don't want to hear from me. Mm-hmm. I do want to hear from you. Like, how do you get through those those times? Those are, you know, those are those are tough. Each of the four kids would process difficult things in the teenage years differently. Mm. Yeah. Um, and probably the biggest challenge and the biggest heartbreak for me as a dad is not feeling successfully connected during those times, the way that I would have wanted to, or the way that I tried or the way that I thought they needed help. Mm-hmm. Um, man, those are just, that's just a, that's just a hard path to walk down. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think for me, you know, very similar to what you shared, but also just, you know, thinking about um, as the kids get older, you know, their problems get bigger and the stakes get higher. And, you know, as they become more independent, I feel like my joy, my fight for joy, you know, is more in the area of worry and fear. And, you know, I'd also include my desire to micromanage, as the kids call it, and just have control or this false sense of control that I desire and, you know, my inability to fix things or control situations, um, you know, my worries about their decisions and friends and spiritual walk, it can just, it robs me of sleep sometimes of peace of contentment and then of joy. And so, you know, my fight for joy this last decade has looked very different than my fight for joy as a mom of younger children. Um, and to be to be open, you know, sometimes as parents of teens and young adults, our worries are real. Our fears do come to life. And 
our anxious thoughts are warranted. I mean, you know, there's that awful quote unquote joke that people say about our job as parents is just to keep our kids alive. And so when that doesn't happen and a child dies like we've experienced, um, it's a struggle to know how to carry on as, as a parent. How do you let your other kids just continue to live life mistakes and all? And it can yeah. be pretty brutal on your fight for joy in parenting. Yeah, I think I think fear is a uh, you know big one. I think it, it comes out in different ways between husband and wife mm-hmm. oftentimes. Um, but I, I do think that, um, you know, right after... Jackson died. We did want to pull in the reins on everything mm-hmm. and do everything that we could to take them out of any risk and any harm's way. And that's just not a healthy place to live either. Yeah. And at some point you do have to just trust, trust the Lord and say, God, we are in this broken world and they are going to have disappointments that we can't protect them from. They are going to break. They're going to have broken hearts and they also might die. And Yet you are good, you are for us, and you're going to get us through no matter what. Um, that that's a that's a different fear mm-hmm. that does creep in once mm-hmm. you do see how broken the world is, and then what do you do with that? So that the kids do get a chance to go to concerts, right? They do get mm-hmm. a chance to get out on a four wheeler, and some of these other things that were just extremely hard to just at the start. Like, what are we doing? Like, there's risk everywhere, mm-hmm. and. And that that fear creeping in was definitely a place for both of us that we just had to keep reminding of ourselves of what God has spoken in his in his word to us. And even though the world is is broken, he is repairing it and he is walking us through it. Yeah. So so you are touching on, you know, my next point, which is just how do we fight through that? Um, And so let's talk a little bit about that just um, in these different seasons of parenting um, for you then, you, you mentioned it a little bit now with the kids older, how you fight through that, but how did you find joy or, or peace or contentment in the midst of parenting littles? Yeah, I think I, my first note on this is don't underestimate the power of prayer, both for the kid and for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that at the end of the day, um, our deepest thoughts and desires for our kids, um, those are meant to bring to God and ultimately they are his kids. Um, and he is allowing us to steward them for him. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, being able to just say, Lord, here is where I'm at. Here is where I see them broken. I'm going to bring it to you first. Um, I may not be able to help them on this. Give me wisdom on how to help with this. Give me wisdom on how to encourage Jody on this. Like, come in that dependent aspect that is the nature of prayer Mm. with your kids. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think for me, when the kids were little, you know, what really helped me was figuring out, because I was so exhausted, just what really recharged and refreshed me. And I had to think through things that I could do apart from the kids that would restore some energy and make me excited to dive back into the exhausting work of parenting little kiddos. And, you know, for me, it was things like lining up a babysitter so that I could have date nights with you. Um, That's also the time of life when I began working out um, and finding coffee shops and investing in friendships, having girls nights. Um, And then for many years, you prioritized giving me Wednesday nights by myself to take a bath or scrapbook or watch a show. So those things were super helpful for me um, 
to fight for joy, just practical ways when the kids were little. I think as the kids have gotten older, like you mentioned, um, you know, it's more a discipline of, of my mind, of taking my thoughts captive, of fighting the anxious thoughts and fighting worry and fighting for joy really primarily, like you mentioned, through prayer and, you know, through trusting God's sovereignty and his love for our kids. I constantly have to remind myself that as much as I love my kids, God loves them more, that he created them and that he's got, you know, a meaningful plan for their life that is for their ultimate good and for his glory. And, And so memorizing God's word and knowing and trusting his promises I can experience joy even when things are are rough. And we have had some rough, rough days of parenting. I mean, we were just talking about this. We, you know, we've had bullying issues. We've had broken bones and health issues. We've had police calls. Um, we've had calls from school, ambulance rides, um, friendship struggles, social media issues, you know, seasons of depression and anxiety. And obviously the traumatic effects of sibling loss and watching their parents grieve and having Family members go through divorce and cancer and addiction. I mean, our our kids have had to navigate so many hard things in life. And that leads to challenges that I deeply felt the effect of as a mom. And I know you did as a dad, too. It's just, you know, raising kids in a broken world is broken. <laughs> and so most nights I do. I fall asleep praying and I, I just wake up desperate to spend time with God I just feel like you said with the the prayer piece that parenting teens and young adults, it really teaches you to pray and to surrender and to hold our plans and our hopes and our desires loosely and just allow our good God to write our kids stories. And, um, you know, my joy and peace has not come from me having control or me being able to fix each difficult situation, or me being able to micromanage, you know, my kids and their faith journey. Joy from parenting in this season is from me having joy in the Lord myself. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think when you put that list together of kind of the headwinds that we've hit at various spots, that's a long list. And that's a list that if you don't have kids yet, you're probably not going to want to have them. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. that's, a t- that's a tough list. It and is. and yet that's a very common list. I don't think our list is no. special in many ways. And I think that one of the ways to fight for joy on that is that as we do trust God, he's going to give us what we need for that day. Mm-hmm. We do see it throughout, you know, uh, scripture that his mercies are in fact new every morning. Mm. And God meets his people and God walks with his people as we walk with him. And um, he is going to give us what we need. The pattern in the Old uh, in the Testament is the uh, manna that the people needed in the uh, wilderness mm. came at just the right time. Yeah. And it was for that day. And then it got spoiled and rotten. They couldn't save it for the next day. And... They had to trust the Lord that what was going to come tomorrow is the fresh manna that I had today, Mm. but I can't store it up. I've got to trust you tomorrow like I did uh, today. Mm. And I think, I think that's, that's helpful when you look at that, that awful list. And yes, um, I I would venture to say most people listening to this um, have had just about every single Mm -hmm. one of those on their Mm -hmm. list. Yeah. And more. Yeah. Well, let's transition into the second half of this episode, and that's just sharing some of the main things that we have learned in parenting. Again, not because we have 
done it all right. Um, sometimes our advice stems from doing it very wrong. Um, but let's just go back and forth and share some things that we've learned, um, things that may be helpful to others as they fight for joy in parenting. Do you want to go first? I think um, one of the helpful things was one of the older bankers in my life um, told me one time on a trip, he said, you're only going to have your kids at home for uh, so long. And as a dad, one of the most important things that he had ever done with his kids, which was super helpful for me, was just to take each of them on a trip one on one. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a trip or whether it's a special extended few hours, um, that was probably the best practical advice that I got, which is just as a dad, it's different than as a mom. But can you do something even early on to foster with them time with you one on one? Mm -hmm. And these these um, times that I've spent with each of the kids one on one, they rely on me differently than when you when you're mm -hmm. there. You're the mm -hmm. default for so many things and you're so good at it. And they look to dad differently when it's just dad. Yeah. And it reinforces to them that I really enjoy being with you. And that was kind of the other piece too is that you know look for things early on that you certainly like to do mm -hmm. that maybe you can foster a love in them to to want to spend some of that one-on-one -on -one time with you yeah um you know i think of very uh, you know simple things like just throwing a baseball like that was not something to make you know, our kids be a pro athlete someday. That was something that I really, really enjoyed doing um, that I fostered early on. Mm -hmm. And I think you just got to think of ways early on. Um, and it's never too late to, to uh, start either. Those yeah. things that you like to do that you can bring them along with um, that can be that quality time together to listen, to think, um, you know, uh, together as mm -hmm. you do do life. Yeah, it's so important to find ways to connect with each kid. And it may not be what you want to do, but, you know, to find out what they're interested in and then get interested yourself. Um, I love that you said being intentional about one-on-one -on -one time. That's especially important in a bigger family. Um, yeah, that's really good. I, I also like what you just said, too, about it it's really geared towards the kid. Like not every kid's going to want to play baseball with dad. Yeah. And, and so you can't just be like, Hey, dad likes to play catch with football. Um, mm -hmm. you, you, you really have to, you really have to be creative in ways, um, to tailor that for each kid. Cause each kid is absolutely even, you know, twins, <laughs> each kid is absolutely wired uniquely and differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the joys of, parenting is seeing how they are different, but then also connecting kind of your service to them and your life for them in a way that speaks the most love and yeah. way that it, uh, you know, connects with them. Yeah. And like you said, it shows them then that not only do you love them and you're willing to sacrifice everything for them, but you like them, you enjoy them. You want to spend time with them. That's a huge hugely important message for kids to hear. The other thing we laugh about all of the time is that um, we didn't have kids to not be interrupted, to not, you know, to save money, to be in, not inconvenienced. I mean, it most of the times when the kids wanted to talk or needed us That's right. or had an issue, it was an inconvenient time. And so um, I think to live with just this openness, this willingness to sacrifice time, energy, 
um, you know, when you prefer to go to bed versus when <laughs> they want to talk. Um, it can parenting can be just a, a big stretch because most of it happens when in a way that you're inconvenienced. Yeah, that's one of the points I uh, put down. Make room for their timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so often, especially me, the way I'm wired, I like to fit things in and be have efficient a plan. on yeah. things. And you don't have kids to be efficient. <laughs> you don't have mm-hmm. kids to save money. And you've got to have spaces in your life where you can totally get thrown off of schedule because that's when they need you the most. Um, and that's super hard for me to do. I think you flowed with that a lot easier. Um, and that's something that I still focus in on. Um, but I just think that's really key that you got to make room for their timeline, not just fit them into yours. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that we've learned is the importance of community and of having others walk alongside of us. Um, just, you know, soaking in input from friends and mentors who are further along, um, having encouragement from others who are in the same stage and just kind of being like, yep, I get that. Yep. I understand we're there too. You're not alone in, in this difficult situation. Um, I think it can be lonely, you know, when your kids are struggling, you know, teenagers and young adults, they're their issues, they're their stories, their problems. And so sometimes it's, it's private. And so it's harder to talk about and share, but having a few trusted friends in your life that know your kids and love your kids and you can share the hard things and know that they're still just going to, you know, be crazy about your kids is super helpful and encouraging. Um, And I think also along those same lines, how important it is to have people in your kids' lives other than yourself um, that they can confide in and talk to when they're struggling. Um, Because, you know, to be honest, a lot of times, you know, kids don't go to their parents right away when there's an issue. And so to have purposefully set up right. mentor type friendships for them, um, you know, people that maybe are just a little bit older than them. I think when we were in high school, when the kids were in high school, just trying to find college age kids or young marrieds that, um, you know, we were pretty intentional about getting them um into our kids' lives, uh, that's that's just a pattern of setting them up to have other trusted mentors, other than parents, um, different perspectives. Yeah. They can, you know, just learn from from people other than us. It takes humility to do that. There's times I and and it's you know it can be hard. There's times I wish my kids would open up to me, um, but knowing that they do have people that they have shared with, um, as long as they are telling somebody. So um, I'm reading a great book right now, which I uh, you know, recommend to each of you. Um, it will come out here in the next couple of weeks. Um, Kelly Capick is coming out with a book called You're Only Human, How Your Limits Reflect God's Design and Why That's Good News. Mm-hmm. And I think as a parent, your deficiencies as a parent are not rooted first and foremost in sin. It's rooted in the fact that we were only gifted with so many things. Mm. (laughs) We are finite creatures. We are not God. And you need the community of faith, of people that you're doing life with Mm -hmm. that are gifted in other ways to be able to connect with your kids and give them what you never could, Mm -hmm. could give them. And, and so, you know, there was, there was, you know, many times I remember of, you know, shipping Jackson off to Tom, you know, uh, Weisenkamp's house of just, Tom, you need 
like to just a different perspective than I've got on where Jackson's at, where he's thinking, what he's involved in. Um, can you just help on that? And Tom's wired differently than me. And that was just super refreshing to be like, I don't have what my kid needs right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to ship them off yeah. to Tom or to your dad or, you know, yeah. uh, other spots. It's just, it's really, it's really helpful. And that's not necessarily first and foremost, because we're going to go off the handle and we're going to respond poorly and it's because of our sin. No, it's, it's, you know, we are finite creatures who in a humble way ask for help for others. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's one of the key points that this book is hmm, getting across, good. which is what true humility is. Yeah. That we live in this dependence upon our creator and all that he's blessed us with, even in this broken world, in this earth and with others with us. Um, we need, we're much more dependent than what we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. No, oh, that's good. I think another thing that I've had to work on um, is not taking things personally. Mm. And you've helped me with that. I think, you know, you can't be pouring your heart out for your kids because you expect them to be thankful and <laughs> acknowledge all of your sacrifices. It really has to be because you're, you know, you're doing all of this as unto the Lord for his glory and to honor him and serve him in the lives that he has entrusted to you. And their, the work in their heart is up to him. And there will be times where you will get your feelings hurt or they will say something that really stings or um, isn't right. Um, but to just remember um, to extend grace and um, that love does really cover a multitude of sins. Um, and I think for me, you know, just... Um, I've had to fight some patterns. I think when my kids have hurt me, um, you know, my instinct would be to kind of go to their level and um, right. give them the silent treatment maybe, or, you know, be a little standoffish then for the rest of the day and to really just fight that and to be, you know, extending grace and to remember how much that I need grace, how much forgiveness I need, how many times I say and do the wrong things as well. And just to, um, to kind of be the bigger person, to be the parent and come in and, um, you know, approach them with love and grace instead of um, harshness back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I think what's been helpful for me is to be able to remind myself that I'm not going to have a more meaningful life if my kids all turn out great, whatever that, that means. Mm, that's big. Yeah. Like I, I, I think we can feel like the perfect parenting and the perfect behavior then coming out of your kids is going to somehow give you this legacy that you could feel good about and you can die well for. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is certainly the aspect of having your kids know God and follow him. And that's, that's great. But for me as a, for me as a person that doesn't give my life more meaning mm -hmm. And that's not where my sense of purpose comes from or my sense of why I'm here or why I have value. Um, and I think, I think when we answer where does that value come from, that we are indeed, you know, children of God, that he went this far to restore relationship with us that was absolutely busted and mm -hmm. creation relationship is busted. And, you know, God through Christ has restored that and is restoring the material world to him, to himself. And me being his child is the meaning that I need, not 
I've got to somehow, whatever is deficient in my life, I've got to get these kids and I got to live my life through them. And they have to swim faster than I did in college, right? Mm-hmm. They, they have to love a sport and make a bigger name for them themselves. And I think that was one of the things that, you know, I was, I was eyes wide open on like both of our girls swam Grace swims now. And that is that, that for me really felt like it had to be an opt in thing for them. Like whatever I've done in sports, like that's not going to give my life meaning and satisfaction anyway. Why would I put that on them and now make them do something that they hate? Um, and, and so for them to opt into the sport and to do really well and to see them thrive and grow as uh, people, um, that's, that's good, but mm-hmm. that's totally separate than anything that I've done in the sport and what the Lord has used in that in my life to teach me all sorts of things about myself and others. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's kind of my own deal. Um, that has nothing to do with them, and I and I and I think that's a that's a major place where um, we've been able to find contentment in parenting because our contentment's in God. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean so important to make sure that we have meaning outside of our kids and that our identity is placed where it should be placed. And that is in the Lord, um, you know, kids and parenting, it does, it takes so much time and energy, but the goal is to launch them. The goal is for them, you know, to be out and, um, to be empty nesters. And so, you know, to prioritize marriage over parenting, I think is another, another thing we talked a little about it a little bit in our parenting ep- right. or in our marriage episode. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, but you know, one of the things the best that we've talked about is the best way to love your children is to love, you know, your spouse. And, um, and so, yeah, to, to continue to, to remind it, because what you were saying about not finding our value or our meaning and our kids accomplishments or them turning out to be quote unquote, you know, good, kids or you know we we need to have meaning outside of that we need to keep our our identity where it should be and that takes reminding that takes intentional um intentionality because i think naturally um especially the way our culture is wired that's where a lot of people tend to to run for for meaning for identity for for joy and happiness yeah yeah that's good i think one of the ways to that fighting for joy has looked like for me is what does parenting teach me about the love that God the Father has for me as his child? Mm-hmm. Um, as a dad, you you realize just the depth of compassion that sometimes is hard to put in words or in various ways to show your kids. Um, but you do know in your heart that each kid's wired differently and you've got this deep compassion for them. Um, but that the Lord's compassion is even deeper for me as his, as his child. So what, what can that, what can how I view my kids and how they interact with me teach me about ways in which God's even better or mm. ways in which God is totally unlike me and way better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think this is the verse that I share, you know, Christmas morning from one of the other books I've read. From Isaiah 55, um, we have heard the verse that says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Um, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, people. Mm-hmm. And my thoughts as God are higher than your thoughts. And I've always taken that to be into the category of the mysterious will of providence of God that he orchestrates all things after the, um, you know, counsel of his will. 
And though all that's true, the context here is about compassion. Hmm. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. These are the verses just before that. Um, Return to the Lord so that he may have compassion on you and return to God. Why? Because he's abundant in his pardoning. And why do we know that's to be true? Because his thoughts are not like our thoughts. His compassion is not like our compassion. His ways Hmm. are not like our ways. And so even as deep and as good as my compassion is for my kids, Mm -hmm. God says in his word, his ways are not like my ways. They are radically different. Where mine has an end, um, his are radically different. Mm. And it, 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 it is a way for us to have our mind blown on just the category of love that God has for his own is unreal. Mm. And you get there through the deep compassion that you have for your kids. And God says, my compassion is not even like that. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. It's better. It's bigger. It's yeah. not like it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just a great summary of this whole episode, which is just ultimately our job as parents is to show the love of God, um, you know, and the love and the grace that he pours out um, on his children. And, you know, that will be seen both positively and negatively. You know, when we love our kids well, when we, you know, um, do point them to Christ uh, in in beautiful ways, I mean, they see they see, you know, the love of God, um, through that when we fail, when we, um, when our sin gets in the way and they negatively experience, um, you know, something, uh, with us as parents, then they see that, that God's love for them is better. That's what their hearts are. Yeah. Ultimately. And as as we fail them, like God's love is different. It's not like that. Like what my dad just did. I'm thankful that my heavenly father yeah. is exactly the opposite. Yes. He will never do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the goal is, is, you know, is not to be remembered as a great or successful parent. I mean, of course, that's what we hope for and work towards, but the best gift we can give to our children is really to be remembered by our love for God and our love for others. And so, yeah, I think to make it your pursuit to know and love Christ more and more and more deeply, um, your parenting efforts will be an overflow of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I think too, um, one thing that we have talked a lot about is deciding which hills to die on. Mm, that I was think, a hard um, one. And that that's, was a hard that's one. still a hard one. Yeah. I mean, because there are so many things that in our mind are right or wrong, but they really aren't, um, they really aren't heart issues. They really aren't a, a hill that we should die on. And so, We've had to get, it's been messy, but we've gotten to the place where we've tried to say yes as often as we could so that when we had to say no, it had more meaning. Um, It was, it it was, there was a reason why we were saying no. Sometimes it's harder to say yes, again, because it's inconvenient or it's just not our preference. Um, But really trying to navigate, like, is this something that I should dig my heels in or not? Yeah, I think for... Jackson and Justine, every hill was Mount Everest. It mm-hmm. was monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Turner and, and Grace, um, we couldn't even see some of the hills by then. <laughs> and they were just like the yeah. size of a, a viaduct, maybe 100 feet tall. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that me being black and white on, on a number of different things or the way I see different things, 
I think you take that into parenting and every hill is a hill that you gotta, mm-hmm. that you gotta take. And, um, I think that that is true for the really important ones, but I don't think every hill is important. And yeah. like, like you said, you've, you've got to have the wisdom to be able to say yes, absolutely. As often mm-hmm. as you can, each kid's wired differently, let them go, let them grow, <laughs> let them thrive. Um, but man, when you say no, it's, it's gotta be a good no. Um, and that's where friends close to you can really help you to like, is this a blind spot issue for me? Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, you're a dad that's older than me and you know, you, you've been down this path. Is this really a no, I should mm-hmm. be no on, or is this something I just need to, I just need to probably look for the bigger Hills that we need to take. And this mm-hmm. isn't uh, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, um, the whole concept of um, putting kindling wood on the fire um, and really trusting the Holy Spirit to do the work in our kids that we can't. Would you kind of explain how we've thought through that over the years? Yeah, I think that's good. I think in Psalm 2, which is what Jonah quotes actually from the belly of the whale, um, salvation is of the Lord. And you gotta, you gotta start there. There is nothing that you can do to make your kids interested in God. (laughs) There is Mm -hmm. nothing you can do to convince them that we live in his world and it is broken and he is redeeming it for the glory of his name through his son. And he wants a relationship with you. There's, there's nothing that you can do to actually pound that into your uh, kid's head as much as that's important to you Mm -hmm. as much as that is life-changing um and so then what are you left to do if if um you're you're left um to just pile up as much kindling wood around the fire and pray that the holy spirit sparks it yeah and practically i think what that looks like you've already mentioned some but that is do you love the lord do you follow hard after him do you do you want to know him and have fellowship with him are you plugged into his his people um and the people of god will will put kindling around your uh, kid as well um and and Mm -hmm. the list is the list is long but that's that's in essence what that is but what else would you add to that no that's super helpful i i think just you know, remembering that God's word is powerful, putting our kids under the teaching of God's word is powerful. I think there's a lot of peace, peace. And just like you said, trusting the Holy Spirit to do the work to remember that salvation is of the Lord. I think where I would get anxious and fearful and and worrying was worrying is when I would be trying to micromanage um, and shape their hearts myself. And so um, to just keep working on my own walk with the Lord, keep asking the spirit to be at work in my life, in our kid's life, trusting God's promises and his love for our kids. Um, I also just had to constantly remember that, you know, God sent his son to die for his children. So how will he not then care for them in the most tender and loving way? And so, um, yeah, that, that whole concept of just our job as parents is to keep putting kindling wood on, whether that be mentors in their life, um, restoring up scripture, um, helping them memorize God's promises. Um, you know, having them watch us constantly seeking after a deeper walk with the Lord. I mean, these are some of the things that we can do. And then just trusting the Holy Spirit to light that kindling wood on fire. God is more powerful than us as parents. um, And the wood could be extremely wet. Yeah. (laughs) And not, 
you know, flammable at all. And that's, that's where we're finite and God is infinite and he can do what we can't do. Mm -hmm. And that's where if Psalms chapter two is correct, that's where you, you need that relationship. That salvation is only from, from, you know, the Lord. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, it, it's it was still good for us for me to say, listen, kids, this verse I want to memorize as a yeah, family. It is life shaping for me. It is an amazing truth, and I want to sit down and I want to spend the next couple of weeks with you, helping you memorize that. I think that's a good exercise of putting um, uh, practical wood around your kid. Um, we had two of our kids would be like, dad, this is the best verse ever. And then on the inside of their hearts, they're probably like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but then we had two other kids that are like, dad, I don't get it. I don't like this verse. I want to be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like this verse makes no sense. And I think it's, it's, you know, it, it was my job then to just say, you can do whatever you want with this, but I have to tell you about kind of this living water that I found that mm -hmm. satisfies the thirst of my soul. Yeah. And I, I've got to, I've got to bring to you like this bread is really good for this, for this beggar. And mm -hmm. I, I want to show you that the, the author who says he's the bread of life mm -hmm. has more for you than what I can give. And yeah. it it's his job to light it on fire with the passion that, we have that he really does satisfy us. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, you, you can't satisfy your kid. You can't, you can't make them drink of the well of living water. Mm -hmm. Like that has to come from him. Yeah. And yeah. man, when they do and when they are, and when they drink deeply and they are satisfied, that is some of the coolest yeah. stuff ever. Yeah. Well, that's that verse, you know, there's no greater joy than to hear of my yeah. children following after the Lord. And there's just so much peace. There's so much peace in trusting the Holy Spirit to do the work that we can't. Yeah. Um, it also makes me think when you were sharing that about the verse in Proverbs about training up a child in the mm. way that he should go. Um, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. So how do you, how have you learned to interpret that verse over the years? I know it's shifted for us a number of times. Yeah, I think that, um, I think that there's the, there's the way that God has made all things and the way in which they, they should go. There is, there is a, there is a path that leads to destruction and there is the narrow road. Um, and, and I think that's included in this. I also think that it's wider than that too, mm -hmm. that each kid is wired differently from the other kid. And so you train up a child in the way in which God has wired them on the straight and narrow path mm -hmm. and on, on this path of, of the pursuit of knowing God. Um, it is going to look different for each, for each kid. They're going to have different likes. They're going to have different strengths. They're not all going to have the same gifts and they're not all going to be really, really gifted at everything. Mm -hmm. And so with the way that they should go is bound up in how they're wired mm -hmm. and what is that? And, and how does that correlate to, you know, living wisely in this world that God has made. Yeah, that's good. Well, before we talk about maybe some resources, is there anything else that you wanted to cover? Man, those are the main things. I just, I always wanted to be a dad. Um, 
And th- this this has been a harder journey than what mm-hmm. I even thought it was going to be mm-hmm. back when we met in college mm-hmm. and wanted to do this. I still would do it again, but I would tell myself, um, you know, just because you know God, it is going to absolutely hurt more yeah. and yeah. you are going to be pulling your hair out more and you're going to be more reliant upon um, God and others than you thought you could be because yeah. you... Um, it's a pain, it's a painful, it's a painful journey. I would, I would do it again. I have learned a ton. Um, I love being a dad and I will always love, uh, you know, being a dad, but it's, it, it is, it is much, much harder than what I thought it was going to be. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Well, as far as resources, um, books or any other ideas, um, what would you, what would you say? I, I wrote down, uh, Paul Tripp's book parenting and then his follow-up book age of opportunity yep i think that's good and i think he was the author too of shepherding a uh, child's heart unless there was right. a, yeah no, i think that's right no, i think that's a trip as well and i think that was one that really helped us early on figure out this um this putting kindling wood around your mm-hmm. kid concept of mm-hmm. you you can't change their heart you can only shepherd it um and that's yeah. that's different you can change behavior and that's manipulation and that's not going to go well for them in the long run yeah um and that that book was uh was very helpful along yeah. those, those yeah. lines that was huge that that's a good concept too that we didn't even talk about but just um not trying to just change behavior and being content with external behavior but really getting at the heart and that's that's what is what his books helped us to get to um i also wrote down elise fitzpatrick she's got some really good uh, resources on parenting um one of them is called give them grace um she also has one called when good kids make bad choices and answering your kids toughest questions um, one that I just got a sample of is "You Never Stop Being a Parent." Hmm. I saw <laughs> that downloaded about, uh, in my Kindle sample there. about being parents of adult children. Um, I think as we just talk about resources, though, one of the best resources truly is others who have walked this road ahead of you, like you mentioned, um, with friends that are a little further along. You know, just spending time listening to them, um, asking their them questions, picking their brain. Um, you know, just gleaning from their experience. Um, you know, in the moment, you are certainly giving it all that you that you have. You're trying your best, um, but you know, they people that are a little further along have perspective that we don't have uh, in the middle of of the parenting seasons that we were talking about. Yeah, good. Well, anything else before I close? So um, I thought it would be good to just remind us all um, of John sixteen thirty three. And in this verse, Jesus says that we can have peace in him despite our circumstances. And the message translation says, when trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured deeply at peace. And then he says, in this world, you will have troubles. In other words, this world is terribly broken and we will experience a myriad of difficulties. And we would both add, especially in parenting and trying to raise children in this brokenness. And yet Jesus then tells us to take heart because he has overcome the world. And so even though it doesn't always feel like it, he has already won. Sin and death are defeated. So there, there is hope for what lies ahead and there is hope for today and there is peace and joy for today, even in the darkest days of parenting. So Eric and I are encouraged to, to keep going ourselves. We encourage you to keep going, to keep fighting for joy in the midst of parenting and to remember your own need for a savior and let the difficulties you face teach you to pray more 
and humbly turn your heart to our perfect parent, who is Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. If you were helped or encouraged by this episode, please share it with others. I would also love for you to find me on social media. You can connect with me and others who are listening on my Fighting for Joy podcast page on either Facebook or Instagram. You can also send me an email at fightingforjoypodcast at gmail.com. Podcasts have been such a lifeline for me in grief and one of the top ways that my soul is recharged and encouraged on a weekly basis. I truly hope that this podcast will do the same for you. Keep fighting for joy.